Chapter 12 We had shoved the taxons and the badly wounded hork into the cargo hold of the ship. We had not even looked into the hold to see what else might be in there. Now we looked. We opened the door and Alarond and Arbron stood there with their shutters ready in case the surviving taxons tried to attack us. But the two taxons had other things on their minds. They were attempting to kill and eat each other. They had already finished off the wounded hork Stop it or I'll kill you both! Alaron yelled. But the taxons were out of control, caught up in their own evil bloodlust. It was a vile thing to watch. Taxons don't have powerful tails like us, or blades like the hork They can only rear up and slam their upper bodies against each other while trying to gouge with their round mouths. Their yurks have left them, Alaron said. This is how taxons behave when they are not controllers. Their yurk parasites have left them to destroy each other. Where did the yurks go? I asked. Alaron calmly leveled his shutter at the taxons and fired. It was a low-level blast, just enough to knock the taxons unconscious. We stepped past their sagging bodies, careful to keep our hooves out of the gore. Behind them, the hold of the ship was filled with transparent circular tanks. It was too dark to see what was in the tanks. Computer! Lights! Lights came on, and I instantly wished they hadn't. The hold of the ship stretched for perhaps a hundred feet straight back, with a width of a third that. Filling most of that space, glowing a sludgy green, were dozens of tanks. And in each tank, swimming through the viscous liquid, were gray slugs. Yurks, I said. There must be thousands, tens of thousands, Arbron said. I suspected this might be the case, Alaron said. These are yurks being transported to the Taxon world. They're here to get bodies, hosts. Each of these will be given a Taxon. What do we do with them? I asked. We seal the bridge, then open the outer hatch, Alaron said calmly. It took me a few seconds to realize what he was saying. If we opened the outer hatch while we were still in space, the vacuum would suck everything in the hold out, out into the airless cold. The Yurks would die almost instantly. Prince Alaron, we can't just kill them all, I said. I looked closely at him to see if maybe he had been joking. His eyes were cold. Arith's Alfangor, I give the orders. You obey the orders. But they're helpless, I protested. They are Yurks, and this is war. Would you rather wait till they have taxon bodies? I didn't know what to say. I looked at Arbron. He kept his face carefully expressionless. We... we can't do this, I said. It's wrong. There are prisoners. We can't. It would be murder. Be careful what you accuse me of, Arthas Alfangor, Alaron said harshly. You're a child, 
so I forgive your impertinence. This time. But you are here to learn, not to question orders. And one of the things you'll learn, my idealistic arts, is that war is not about striking brave poses and playing the hero. War is about killing. Andalites do not kill prisoners, I said. Alaron laughed. Is that what they taught you in school? He laughed again. Well, child, I learned my lessons in the battle for the Hortbegir world, not in a classroom. And let me tell you, the only thing that matters is staying alive. Besides, little Arths of Angor, it's a bit late for you to get delicate. Not now, with the blood of your enemies staining your tail. This wasn't happening. It couldn't be. Alaron was a war prince. I couldn't disobey a war prince. But this was monstrous. I won't kill prisoners, I said. Not even yours. I could execute you right now for disobeying me, Alaron said. For a moment that seemed to stretch on and on, we stood there, face to face. I could barely breathe. I was risking my life and probably destroying my future in the military, just to save my enemies. It was insane. But I could not imagine myself sending the Yurks flying off into the vacuum of space. I couldn't do it. Sir? Arbon said tentatively. We are so close to the planet's surface that Yurk sensors might pick up the heat signatures of thousands of Yurks being... flushed into space and they would investigate. It was true, maybe. But was it enough to get the prince to back off? Well, we wouldn't want that, Alaron said sarcastically. We'll wait till we've completed our mission on the surface. Then, as we leave the system, we'll clean out this filth. I breathed again, but I wasn't fooling myself. I had made an enemy of Prince Alaron, and I wasn't sure I could count on Arbon either. Time to acquire the taxons, if that meets with Arth's Alfangor's high moral code, Alaron said. I turned away and walked back to the two stunned taxons. Without hesitating, I placed my hand on one of the taxon's slimy flesh. Morphing technology allows a person to absorb the DNA of any creature he touches. It takes concentration and focus, because the biotechnology of morphing is triggered by thought commands. Focus, I told myself. Put everything else out of your mind, and let the taxon become a part of you. And as I stood there, the taxon's DNA migrated into me. My life, which had gone rapidly downhill at a shocking speed, was about to get much worse. And then... With the skeptical eyes of Prince Alaron and the frightened stare of Arbron upon me, I began to morph. Chapter 13 As an Andalite Arths, I'd been trained in morphing. Back at the basic training, they first transformed us with the morphing technology, and they gave us a Jabala to acquire and morph. A Jabala is a small, six-legged animal, maybe a third the size of a young Andalite. It has a mouth and a tail and no natural weapons. 
It lives by climbing trees and eating the highest leaves. You have to morph the Jabala in order to pass the morphing proficiency test. So I did. But then, like a lot of Arths, I morphed a Kafit bird. I have heard that some planets have many types of bird. But since we only have three, and since the Kafit is the best species of the three, it's popular with young cadets looking for fun. It was a wonderful experience. I always loved the idea of flying. But, of course, morphing for pleasure is discouraged. So I only did it one time. That was all the morphing I had done. A Jabala and a Kafit bird. I had never even dreamed of morphing a taxon. Taxons are a nauseating species. Even if you've seen holograms of them. But trust me, till you've been up close to a taxon, you just don't know how awful they are. The smell alone is enough to make you sick. But now I had no choice. I had to show Alaron that I was still a good soldier. I had to prove that I was brave, no matter what he thought of me. I couldn't show any hesitation. So I focused my mind on becoming the taxon. And the changes began immediately. I felt my upper torso begin to melt down into my lower body. As I watched, my blue and tan fur ceased being individual hairs and melted into a plastic-like covering. The bare flesh of my upper body did the same thing, turning hard and shiny. I felt myself falling as my legs shrank. They seemed to be sucked up into my body. Way too fast. My stomach hit the deck so hard it knocked the air out of me. Then, almost as quickly, I was lifted back up off the deck. Dozens of sharp cones were sprouting from my belly. I was growing taxon legs. I looked backward through my stock eyes and saw that my body was stretching out behind me. I was rapidly becoming a fat worm. Ten feet of rippling, slimy segments rolled backward, engulfing my tail. The process made a sound like wet cloth being dragged over gravel. I could hear my own eternal organs dissolving. Squishing, slippery sounds. I could hear other organs, organs I didn't even have a name for, take their place. Then, I was blind. My eyes had all been blinded at once. I couldn't see anything. I felt fear grow within me. Fear that threatened to become panic. I was blind. Muddy at first, then sharper. My sight slowly returned. But it didn't exactly make me feel better. It was an eerie, distorted, broken world I saw. Taxons have compound eyes. Each red globule eye is really a thousand smaller eyeballs, each one taking its own tiny picture of the world. Everything I saw around me was shattered into a million small frames. It was overwhelming. And then I felt something new. A new sense. I moved unfamiliar muscles and realized that they operated my mouth. My round, red mouth. And through that mouth came a deluge of sensory input. It was like smell, and like something I'd never really experienced before. It's called the sense of taste, I think. And what I tasted. What I smelled. All that my senses cared about was the bright smell of blood. I never even felt the taxon's instincts well up beneath my own troubled and battered and alight mind. I had no warning. All at once, the taxon was in my head. 
How can I even convey the horror? Have you ever felt in yourself some awful evil urge, some fugitive thought that you quickly snuffed out? Well, as I became fully taxon, I felt such a feeling, and it was not some faint wisp of a thought, but a raging, screaming hunger. A hunger for anything living, a hunger for anything with a beating heart. My shattered taxon eyes saw to Andalites. My own people. I wanted to devour my own people. But taxons are not fools. My taxon brain saw and understood the Andalite tales. It knew they were weapons. It knew it could not fight them. And that weakness gave rise to a rage that was like a nuclear fire in me. I was hungry. Hunger like no hunger any other creature can ever know. As I struggled to reassert my own identity, I understood why the Taxons had made their alliance with the Yurks. The Yurks had weapons. Weapons to use to feed fresh, warm flesh to the raging Taxon hunger. The Taxons had given up their freedom. But freedom is nothing to a Taxon, compared with that hunger. How are you doing, Alfangor? Arbron asked me. Fine. I lied. Only... What? When you morph, be very careful. Be strong. You'll have to fight the hunger. Arbron laughed. What? Are you afraid I'm gonna morph and try to eat you? Yes, Arbron. I am afraid. Chapter 14 The hunger never went away. Even as we spiraled down toward the Taxon homeworld, I felt it. I was thankful Loren was safe back in the Jahar. I don't know if I could have resisted the Taxon's appetite. I really don't know. As we came in for a landing, ground control appeared on our screens and demanded our clearance. Our ship's computer responded automatically. Ground control told us they were backed up on offloading cargo. It would be half a day before they could unload the Yurks in our hold. I didn't know how to feel about that. I didn't want thousands of Yurks to make it safely to their destination. But I didn't want to slaughter them, either. And I had no doubt. If we got away again in the Yurk ship, Alaron meant to kill the Yurks in the hold. The spaceport was a large facility, obviously still under construction. As we came in low for a landing, descending through the orange and green acid clouds, we could see dozens of other ships resting in their cradles on the ground. Hundreds of Taxons and Geds, and even hork were busy building, adding new capacity. But even amidst all the activity, we could spot the Skritna Raider ship. It was our target. If we were right, the Time Matrix was aboard that ship. A landing beam guided us to a cradle on the far edge of the facility. We were more than a mile away from the Skritna ship. A mile isn't much in space, but on the ground, on an enemy planet, in a body that makes you want to scream, it is a very, very long distance. Whatever you do, remember what you are, Alaron instructed. You're taxons on a taxon planet. Act like it. The three of us, in Taxon Morph, exited out the hatch 
and into the air of the Taxon homeworld. The first thing I noticed was that the sky was a pale grey-brown, the color of dust. The bright clouds were too high up even to be seen. The second thing I noticed was the smell. Everywhere, warm, living hearts were beating. hork hearts, get hearts, Taxon hearts. Blood rushed through veins. The spaceport was a vast array of ship cradles in a dozen different sizes and shapes. Some were taller than ten tall trees. Some lay almost flat, rising just a few feet from the dirt. Some were empty, but most held ships. There were slow transports unloading cargo, fighters in for repairs, even a gigantic York pool ship. I could see the three spider legs of the pool ship towering over the cradle. There were shredder burns and one of the legs was shattered. The ship had been in a battle. Below the maze of cradles was bare, orange-red dirt. Not a blade of grass, just dirt. There were primitive magnetic levitation rails running through the massive forest of cradles. Train cars, some open, some enclosed bubbles, raced back and forth along the tracks. Cargo was being loaded onto the train cars by Geds. The Geds were the Yurks' first victims, the first race they enslaved. Geds almost seem to walk on two legs, like humans, but they are actually always hunched over so that they can keep one hand on the ground for balance. We took an open elevator from the cradle down to the ground. As we descended, I counted two ships landing and one taking off. The maglev trains zipped back and forth on the dizzying array of tracks. On the ground, big tracked vehicles moved heavier loads. Everywhere were taxons, swaggering hork and busy, clumsy geds. Each was a controller, a slave to the yurk in its head. It was a huge, raucous, noisy place, full of steel and dust and the smells of solvents and taxon filth. Busy, Alaron muttered. Awfully busy. I knew what he meant. Back home, they told us the Yurks were being stopped by our forces. The average Andalite citizen thought we were beating the Yurks. But this spaceport was evidence to the contrary. The spaceport, just one of several on this one planet, was alive with hurried activity. Suddenly, I looked up just in time to see a taxon slip from the maglev train track overhead. He hit the ground like a bag of goo, his needle legs crumpled and his warm body split open. It was pandemonium. Taxons came rushing from all sides. Boom! A big taxon slammed into me, practically knocking me over. More of them, all rushing, came toward their fallen friend. But they were not rushing to help. They were rushing to eat the still-living taxon. Then I felt the hunger. It swept me up. I couldn't resist. I was moving forward, jostling to get at the screaming war myself. Rushing, pushing, shoving, desperate to reach him and... And... No! I felt my own mind snap back to the surface. It had been overwhelmed by the taxon's own instincts. But even now... Even with all my willpower, I couldn't resist. It was as if I were being drawn by a magnet. As if I were being sucked into a black hole. 
the smell of the wounded Texan, the fevered beating of its heart, the... No! I was there. There, looking down at the injured Texan through my shattered compound eyes. I plunged my upper body downward, mouth open, teeth gnashing, ready to... No! No! I pulled back, but the power of that hunger would not release me. I motored my dozens of cone legs, pulling back, and the other eager taxons pushed me aside, heedless. Where were Orban and Alaron? I'd lost them in my mad rush to feed. I pulled back and back further, each step like moving a million pounds. And yet I did move away. The feeding frenzy became even more nightmarish. Taxons crawled over each other to get at the fresh meat. I managed to turn my huge, long, warm body around and ran from it. I ran as fast as the taxon limbs would carry me. I found a shaded spot under one of the towering ship cradles, and I cowered there, using all my strength to resist. Finally, after a while, the frenzy passed. Not because I had grown strong, but simply because I could now smell that there was no more meat left. The taxon horde broke up and slithered off in various directions, back to their work. Where was Arbron? Where was Prince Alaron? I was lost and alone on the taxon world. All I could think of doing was heading toward the Skritna ship. Hopefully, my two fellow Andalites would be there. I had to remind myself that we had a mission, the Time Matrix. If the Yurks realized what was in that Skritna ship, there would be no hope at all. Then, although the image was fractured, I saw hork coming toward me, six or seven of them, moving in swiftly, surrounding me. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't run. A ten-foot-long worm does not outrun a hork One hork controller swaggered up before me. At a signal from him, the others all leveled Dracon beams straight at me. Not that they needed Dracon beams. A hork can slice a taxon to ribbons in seconds, and I had seen what happened to any taxon careless enough to be injured. Welcome to the home world, the hork said. I am sub 7. You interest me. Yes, indeed. I am very interested in any taxon who will not eat fresh meat. 3, 2, 1... Hello, Phanomorphs! And thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. Happy Halloween! I don't have uh, a lot to put here, so let's just get through it. Um, my second podcast, Into the Radlands, which is an Into the Badlands rewatch podcast, still going strong. Uh, if you like Into the Badlands, uh, go check that out can find that on my website theapocalypse.com along with all the other things I do uh, but if you like this podcast why don't you give it a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined and if you'd like to write in you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com and audiomorphscast.tumblr.com that is all I got for y'all this week so I'll see you next week. Have a happy Halloween. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>